Happy Friday. Financial independence. Not there yet, but getting there and taking you on the journey. Happy Friday, or F-I-Day, however you want to say it, it's all good with me. So, welcome to episode 3, and in this episode we're going to learn about understanding your personal annual costs. This really is the foundation to becoming financially independent, so wait right there. back so this episode will be accompanied by a youtube video to walk you through the examples but don't worry i record the podcast separately from youtube to ensure the concepts i'm running through on the podcast are suitable for just listening and you're not like oh yeah nice one day oh great i can't see what you're talking about and now i'm even more lost than where i was before so i have a confession to make i absolutely love spreadsheets and if you want to get a real quick understanding of the lay of the land, I really suggest that you learn to love them too. Geeky I know, but believe me there is something beautiful in making the numbers balance. Just before my wife and I bought our first house together, I carried out a full audit of what was going out every month and one-off expenses during a typical year. To make this process easier, you can split into high-level categories. So first up, your home. In this category, this should include all the costs associated with living wherever you lay your hat. This could be rent or a mortgage, repairs and maintenance, house insurance, power, phone, internet, water, council rates. As well as shelter, we also need water and food to live, right? So there needs to be a section for this, but only include the food and drink you need to survive, plus your grooming essentials and women's bits and pieces that I really don't understand. Anyway, so for most of us, we would classify this as our weekly shop. Long term, we can set a budget for this as it really shouldn't vary by much week to week. Next up is your personal insurance section. So life insurance, income insurance and medical insurance. Now, Insurance is a whole big topic in itself, but whilst you have debt and dependent kids, this is something not to be scrimped on as it's the only way you can plan for things that are outside of your control. Next is transport, so if you're not continuously putting one foot in front of the other, this needs to be a category as well. We need to get to work to earn the money that pays the bills, so how do you get there? If you simply roll out of bed because you work from home and live close to all the amenities you'll ever need, you may not even need a car, which can save you so much money. In our case, I have a car, unfortunately it... Its fuel and other associated costs are fully funded by my employer, so no cost there. But my wife does have a car, so we need to allow for that. And in that calculation, we include lines for fuel, repairs and maintenance, insurance, WAF, and servicing. Note you could also allow for depreciation here, as this could be a separate savings allocation for your next car. For my purposes, I understand this, but happy for it to come out of our overall savings when needed. Okay, so for the next category, we've got clothing. Simple as, you work out how much you're spending on clothing for the whole family and add this to your spreadsheet. 
Okay, so for the next category, some of us also have kids, right? Well, guess what? These cost money and a lot of money. But that said, we have already sheltered them, fed and watered them, and made provisions for them if we aren't around anymore. So that leaves schooling costs and extracurricular activities. So look over your past couple of years' bank statements and add everything up that was spent associated with schooling and extracurricular, and voila, there's your kids' budget. So through defining these categories of housing, weekly shop, personal insurance, transport, kids and clothing, we've covered all our basic human family needs. These are what is purely needed to survive. For those of us that studied business at school, you were probably introduced to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This isn't just a practical model from a business perspective to help us understand what motivates people, but we can also use it to help us assess what is the true cost of our living at different levels of function. Basically, the premise of the model is that the lower physiological and safety needs need to be met before people can be motivated to go on to achieve higher level needs of love and belonging, self-esteem and finally fulfilling one's potential, or as Maslow put it, self-actualization. Very fancy. So the categories we have first defined meet all the physiological and safety needs for our families. So our first action is to assess whether our spending in each of these categories are justified in meeting these needs whether some of this spending is simply just excessive, i.e. not essential, and once we start to identify this non-essential spending, we can start to trim our living costs. Now, for some, these are easier than others, and trimming some categories of spend have more impact than others. For example, in the case of my family, the vast majority of our spending goes on the household. This is driven by a big mortgage repayment. Now, once you've bought a house, it's not always that easy just to sell up and move to a cheaper area. We have things to consider like quality of education for our kids, proximity to friends and family, etc. However, such a big ticket item will have a huge impact on reducing costs and the time taken to get to financial independence. So it does need to be carefully considered. So for our family, the plan was to pay the mortgage down as soon as possible. By detailing our costs and recognising from day one of buying our house what our likely savings would be in five years' time, this provided a purposeful target. And now we have exceeded our savings target. And in 2020, our mortgage repayments will have reduced from $3,933 per month to just under $1,900 per month. Also help by a lower interest rate, but the biggest difference will be a one-time payment of $200,000 to $240,000 off the mortgage in November 2019. Taking us back to 2014, our big strategy at the time was to fix our mortgage for five years. Now, rightly or wrongly, we believe this was the right decision, not because it's actually cost us money in this time, because it has, interest rates have gone down considerably, but the psychological benefit was huge. In 2014, at a time where we'd used the majority of our savings for our deposit, we were able to have the confidence that as long as we could maintain our income levels at least for the next 60 months, that our mortgage payments would not go up. This provided us the confidence that we could hit 
that $40,000 per year target in savings. Please remember that the key to maximizing your savings is reducing all unnecessary cost. So go through all the categories we have mentioned so far and firstly eliminate all items to spend that are not essential and don't make you or your family any happier. For questionable items, ask yourself, is there a cheaper alternative? Another big area of impact for reducing spend is on your weekly shop. Just look at your latest receipt and go through it line by line and ask yourself, is this essential? Is this healthy? Is there a cheaper alternative? Here is a Jones family tip. We use online shopping. Yes, we pay a delivery charge, but as we purchase six months of delivery in advance, the cost per week is only around five to six dollars and we save time in getting to the supermarket, going around the supermarket, packing the car, driving home and then unpacking the car. In addition to this time saving, we can also make sure our shopping is within budget before we pay through the online checkout. And the previous order is saved so it can easily be adjusted for what we have used the previous week. Without the real world distractions employed by supermarkets with their strategic product placements as we shop round through their physical aisles. Okay, so you get the idea. If this was a talkback radio show, I'm sure the phones would now be ringing off the hook. With people complaining about stuff like, but this is all well and good if you only want to live a dull and boring life and simply survive. And you'll be right. We want to climb Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so we need to add one additional category, and that we call leisure and hobbies. In this section, we should include dining out, takeaways, holidays, including weekend trips as well as annual holidays, and any hobbies that really fulfill us and make us and our families happy. Now, there is a logical reason why we choose this category last, as once we have really determined the true cost of our physiological and safety needs, we can then compare against all the after-tax income that comes into the household, and the difference between these two numbers can be split into three different pots. These are, as I just mentioned, leisure and hobbies. Then we must add an overall contingency for unexpected spending in any category. And finally, what is left over should be the third pot, which will be the life force towards our FI goal. And that pot contains our savings. So... Go ahead and carry out a strict audit on your current leisure and hobby spend. Is money being spent as effectively as it most could be? Think about every dollar. Could you spend less and get the same amount of value and fulfillment from this category? If the answer is yes, do it and create a new lower budget. Do you then have enough left over for a reasonable contingency and savings? If not, can you sacrifice some spending in the short to medium term for the long-term goal of financial independence? It is at this stage you need to ask yourself the question if you really want to. But remember that there is a future self you have not met yet and your actions now affect the lifestyle and happiness of that future self. Ultimately, the decision is yours. Obviously, if the contingency and savings pot are not large enough at this stage, you could relook again at the big ticket items like moving house or you could look into how you could get extra income. Now again, income is a separate topic in itself and we will cover this in a future episode. But for now, let's focus on getting your cost budgeting right for you.
So when it comes to our spreadsheet, we can really geek out and create pie charts to really visualize where we are spending each dollar. Please do this and it is really insightful. You can see mine on the Happy Five Day YouTube channel. In doing so, this also gives you a visual target to aim for and by coming back to your spreadsheet at regular intervals, you can track your progress and make adjustments to costs and your approach to income as necessary. So what were the targets for my family over the last five years? Well, I set the spreadsheet out to tackle the following. On the 3rd of December 2014, we were going to start with a mortgage of $656,000 after putting $164,000 of our savings down as a deposit. This at the time was the vast majority of our savings, so our savings part at this point was almost dry. After going through the spreadsheet, cost cutting and the budgeting process I realized we could save on average $40,000 per year for the next five years not allowing for any increase in income. As I mentioned earlier we should end up with around $230,000 to $240,000 of savings. This was achieved through adjusting costs and approach to income as and when required to compensate for unforeseen events. Without the backing of the spreadsheet, we wouldn't have known what sacrifices and attempts to earn more income would be needed to stay on track. Finally, the spreadsheet has one more long-term use. By simply deleting the mortgage repayment, you get to see your FI expense figure this figure, adjusted for inflation, will be around your total expenses. This may seem surprisingly low, and remember you haven't reduced your leisure and hobbies category at this point, and with enough invested you should have enough return where you can really choose what you do with your time, whether that returns an income or not. It is up to you. So there's some food for thought, so until next time, happy Friday. You've been listening to Happy Friday, and you're already a little bit richer.